up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. For those of you that are tuning in, expecting us to talk Redskins draft, we are. John Allen got exercised his fifth-year option. Uh, I'm not sure what the numbers are on that. You're going to have John Allen and Deron Payne locked up, I believe, through 2021. Ali Nidus already got his extension. Him and Montez will be here through 2022. That's really the heart and soul of this defense and this team at this point. So it's good to know you're going to have those four guys in burgundy gold for at least the next few seasons. Hey, man, John Allen is the captain on this team. You you guys know I've been screaming to get that C on his chest for a couple years. I mean, I'm glad the team got out ahead of it by picking up that fifth-year option. Clearly, the dude is a model citizen. He's what you want your team to be like or what you want your roster to be like, built with guys that are blue-collar. They come bring the lunch pail to ready to go to work, man. He's he's a good face of the franchise. Like, he's, he's someone you want to be leading – your young players and your rookie class and somebody like Chase, for example, who we just drafted the first person that he stopped and talked to was Jonathan Allen. Like, mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing to see. So I'm glad the team that, got ahead of it and picked up. That's because Allen looked like a leader. Absolutely. Like he, he talks like one checks too. the boxes, man. Now nah, that's look the core of the team. Like, I don't know if Allen's going to be our best player ever, but he is going to be part of the core of turning the program around. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. There's no questions there. I hope he can hold up physically. I think him and Payne are about to have big seasons. Absolutely. Oh, There's yeah. No big Payne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I think Payne's a better player than them. Absolutely. I agree. And that's not a shot not at a Jonathan Allen. not a shot. I, and, and I don't think either one of them is good as I and I. This. I think that they just present different um, – I think – Different – Payne probably has a higher quality. I would say Ionis is a better pass rusher. I think that's yeah. clear. I think Payne yeah. is a better overall player. Mm-hmm. I think Payne hasn't hit anywhere near his peak yeah. yet. Like still. Yeah. I think I think guys like Payne, that's who's gonna benefit the most from Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Just like the inside guys for the 49ers, they're the ones that benefited the most from Bosa. Buckner and what's the Armstead. other kid? Armstead. Armstead, yeah. That's mm-hmm. who benefited the most. So that's what I'm expecting to see here. Not good for Jonathan Allen. For the last time ever, let's talk Trent Williams. Uh, I know that we had talked on our last podcast about the idea of Trent maybe being here because it was on a Friday afternoon and nothing had happened yet. Um, a lot of back and forth between Vince Taylor and the media and the Redskins. And the Redskins, honestly, their lack of a response to Vince Taylor and Trent Williams. But when it's all said and done, he goes to the 49ers for a third rounder next year and a fifth rounder this year, which we use. We'll talk about that later. This comes around the heels of their longtime left tackle, Joe Staley, retiring, which I'm sure kind of greased the wheels for this to go in motion. Uh, So I'll just throw to you guys, what are your thoughts on Trent finally moving on and this saga being over? Thank you. It's over. Glad it's over. (laughs) Tired of talking about it. Tired of thinking about it. Got third. Long two years. Moving that long, man. I'll be honest. I'm not going to sit here and badmouth Trent. I don't think any of us is going to do that. I just think with all that's gone on these last couple of years with Trent and Bruce and training staff, like, and then us getting a new coach in, new regime, and we're still, to this day, we were dealing with the Trent Williams issue. Whether is he going to play? Is he getting traded? Like, 
I think it, everybody's just relieved, especially the likes of Rivera and Kyle. Like, it was just time to move on, man. Like, not taking away anything that he gave to this franchise because, as we know, he was one of our best players over these last over this last decade. So, the best player. I mean, good 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 luck to him in San Francisco, right. but I'm just glad it's over. I just wish it didn't end this way. This was ugly, and this and this would mean because <laughs> obviously Sean Taylor that ended the way it did, right? Mm-hmm. Before Sean Taylor, mm-hmm. the best player we had drafted was Champ Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. Trent is the best player we had drafted after Sean Taylor. Trent and Champ Bailey, it ended ugly for both of them here. Ugly. This is true. Big facts. You know, I don't know how it's going to affect his legacy. I know that there are a lot of Redskins fans that are going to hold this against Trent. Um, time will tell with me. Part of me is a little bit resentful that this is the way it's going out with him. And just his unwillingness to cooperate and make this a, a situation where once Bruce Allen was gone and Larry Hess was fired, that he could come back and maybe make a make amends with the organization and Ron Rivera and the new staff here. It kind of seemed like he was trying to make his way out of town after it cleared that it wasn't about the medical. It was about the money. I wish he would have said that from the get go. It's about the money for the most part. I'm just kind of just pissed off about it. But it's over, and that's all I really care about at this point. I mean, I'll be honest. I can't say I'm completely satisfied with the conversation, but with where it's we're at now to this day, like it was time for to move on. But we all know Trent Williams was a first round talent. We all know we should have been compensated with a first or second round. Like he's a top ten left tackle in his game. He's damn good. He's going to go in there and solidify San Francisco's left side of the line with Staley moving on. Like he's a hell of a football player. But with everything that went on with Bruce's stupid ass and Trent. <laughs> It, it, it was just time, man. But I hear what you're saying, Paul. I, I I can't get mad at Trent, though, bro, because we don't know what's going on behind them closed doors, man. But I will still remember him as one of our best Redskins we had in these last 10 years. You know, it's wild. Trent lost a lot of money through, through this. He did, man. Mm-hmm. 13 mil last year. Yeah, he sat out for a whole year trying to get a new contract. And when it's all said and done, he's not even going to get it. Congratulations. You played yourself. I'm sure that the Niners will consider it down the line. But you wanted to get paid now. Not only did mm-hmm. you turn down a deal to the Vikings, which would have gotten you the extension, I'm assuming, sooner than later. Well, he didn't want to go play with right. Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean, you said it, not me. I, well, actually, he said it, not us. You know? Right, because what else could it have been? What else could it have been, dog? Right. right. This must have been a situation where the Niners were monitoring it from afar and trying to see what was going to happen with Joe Staley retiring. If it wasn't the Niners, I wonder what would have happened. We all know the history between Dale Snyder and the former team president and the Shanahan's. So for a deal to be brokered between the two, it, it shows one desperation on our part. Actually, nah. to take any deal. I think that there was a sense of desperation that you had to get him out of town. The Browns, the Jets, then the first night went by with all the left tackles going early and often. They were flying off the board. The Vikings take that kid from Boise State. His name escapes me right now, but then he's off the board. You know, what options did you have that? Point? Right, but Paul, you one, you know damn well that was not Snyder. That was Bruce Allen. Mm-hmm. Two, they said the Rams were interested. I was going to say, Cliff, did, you, did y'all see that quote from McVeigh? He was yeah, pissed. they really wanted let me, him. Let me go drink a couple. Of, he was blown. Oh, <laughs> huh? yeah. No, I, I can see what you're saying. I, I can see what you're saying. You, you can always trade, guys. I think this is more a matter of... One, there was a lot of information getting put out there. Like we've talked about before, the franchise is at a point where a player can say whatever they want about the team. People are going to believe them. 
Yep. But Trent, to me, it's apparent he had as much to do with this taking as long as it did. Not as much, but he definitely had his part in why this took so long. And why we ended up with, ended up getting less value than we should have in the end. So, whatever. Moving on. We replaced them. Sort yeah. of. I just want to get your guys' initial thoughts on the draft class in general. Like I said earlier, I'm going to try my best this year to do something I don't usually do, which is separate general intrigue with optimism. Um, I don't know anything about some of these draft picks. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Like I had never heard of the DN from North Carolina State when we drafted him. I, I had no idea who he was. There's one thing I did notice. Um, it stuck to a theme and idea that I think that I've noticed about Ron Rivera and Cal Smith, and that is players that are very versatile and um, can play multiple positions on the field and fit into schemes and, and like a kind of a Tetris board. They just kind of fit into a, a defensive scheme or offensive scheme. Um, you look at the free agent signings, Kendall Fuller, Sean Davis, J.D. McKissick. Uh, these are guys that are, are able to play different spots for you on offensive defense. Schweitzer played all over the interior. Cornelius Lucas is a swing tackle. Then look at the guys we drafted. Antonio Gibson is going to be a running back in name pretty much only. He'll get his carries, but he's going to catch a ton of passes. Uh, Sadiq Charles played right tackle and right guard in college, and I'm sure that he'll be doing the same here. Uh, Keith Ishmael played everywhere on the interior. Kaliki Hudson is a hybrid money backer. So that's one of the things I noticed, that they really targeted guys that are able to contribute on a bunch of spots, and that gives me a little bit of optimism in a way that in years past, I may have been more excited about the draft, but I was never really sure about the communication between the front office and the coaching staff and, and the way they plan on using these players. Now I'm sure that I know that Ron Rivera, Kyle Smith, and the whole front office have a clear idea in mind of how this football team is to look. And the free agent signings and the draft picks both kind of look like what I thought they were trying to do, accomplish. Straight up! Yeah, no, you, you pointed out the most important part. I think one of the biggest issues the franchise has had when it comes to the draft and free agency is a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff. Players being drafted or signed with no sort of connection in terms of how they're going to be utilized because the front of the coaching staff was not involved in any of these decisions. Which is absolutely asinine. Like, what team, what what organization does that? What front office doesn't communicate to their coach staff, does this player fit your system? I.e. our Josh Norman signing. Oh, we see a high, a big-name cornerback. Let's go sign him. But we don't know if he's going to fit into our defense. Like, that shit just didn't make any sense. And so you, I think you're going to end up getting more out of players than we I did agree. before. Because there are some players that were talented that we drafted. But they, were, like, they just didn't fit. But the, another thing I noticed with this class, man, like Paul said, a lot of versatility and it's a lot of players that can play different positions. And like I told Paul earlier, it's not a flashy draft class, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be a damn good draft class. Um, obviously, Chase Young is the flash, but mm-hmm. when you draft two linemen, a defensive end, like people are looking at like, oh, well, maybe they'll figure out something with them. They're, they're not really standing out to people. People don't really get excited over linemen. But honestly, the two offensive linemen that we picked up, 2021, they may end up being two starters here. So, like, Yo, for me, I, it's not flash, but it's 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 it's, it's how you for build. Me, the your reality roster. is, we took the best player in the draft. Absolutely. We've never done that before. What is there for me to complain about draft wise? We've never had, we've never had the consensus best player on the board. 
be our draft pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, no, you're right. I can't think that that's ever happened. Maybe LeVar Arrington thought to be better than Courtney Brown that year, or am I making that up? They're not. They're probably in the same yeah. range. That's probably the only <laughs> same range, but I think most were looking at but, LeVar. But yeah. I would say for this draft, consensus opinion pretty much was that Chase was the best player. We can't complain. Right, you walk away with the best player in the draft. Like I think that. our fans, <laughs> I think our fan base is even so, sort of underrating Chase to a certain degree because it was such yeah. a guaranteed thing to happen. You know, before we get into these picks, one thing I did want to bring up, and it's something that I noticed and I thought about, and actually my brother called me today. He didn't have a chance to listen to our earlier podcast until today, until this morning, and he was like, "How the hell did y'all pick Sadiq Charles?" Gandy Golden, Antonio Gibson. Like, y'all called on your last podcast. We really did. AGD! We had a guest that ended up being drafted by the team. This is not the first year it happened. I know that two years ago, I predicted Tim Settle and Sean DeGan on Hamilton. I'm, and I'm sure it's been years past where we have been nailing draft picks, but we really nailed, like, over 50% of the wrestling's final haul. It's crazy. Um, Chase Young. I mean, what can we really say? We all knew that this was likely the pick. We knew this should have been the pick. Uh, We've talked about it as much on this podcast a million times in a million ways. What can we say about Chase Young at this point that hasn't been said? For real. Like Chase said, man, it's time to go to work. Like, I'm, I'm just excited to see him, man. It, it, the fan base should be excited. Whether we knew it was going to be a pick or not, it wasn't all this, like, you know, built-up tension. Oh, we don't know who we're going to pick. Who cares? We got the best player considered on the draft board. He is going to impact the game on both sides of the ball. He calls turnovers. He's going to cause double team. That's going to free up other people. Like, this kid, the sky is the limit for Chase. Not, man. Like, the more I think about it, I just get excited just thinking about it. I'm not ready. just the best player in this draft. Maybe the best player in the past few drafts. Think about that for a second. Absolutely. Like you got the best player that could have possibly been drafted maybe in, like, three or four years. Yo, he goes no- – mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is non-quarterback. He goes number one. Pretty much yep. every draft I can think of going back to, like, who would y'all say? Garrett? No, nah, he would go above Garrett. <laughs> yeah, he would go yep. above Garrett. Like, because he has also, because what he has that Garrett didn't have is Garrett didn't have the same level of college production. Right? Like, mm-hmm. Garrett had all of the measurements and, like, the mm-hmm. pedigree, five star recruit, blah, 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 but he didn't have. He wasn't defensive player of the year in college football. You know what I mean? No. Yes. You know what? You know what? One thing people are sleeping on though, because they think he's just like a pure. He's just all about pass rushing. Like, and one thing that Chase said, he's His like, run I think pride in my run defense. Like, I'm not. I'm no slouch in the run yep. game. Like, if yep, people don't see that. Like, he, he really <laughs> he's a complete player. Have. Huh? Any flaws in his game, and we don't get players like that. That's yeah. why people are like, "Wait, is this is this true?" No, nah, this is a cornerstone is he really player. Really not. Do you remember that I sent you on franchise. draft night right before we took Chase? Like it was like a list of like twenty players that this one particular draft expert had first round grades on, and their ceiling, and then their like numbered grade, and everybody was like eight point five, eight point six, like perennial Pro Bowler. It's fucking said Chase Young nine point seven. Hall of Fame level talent. I was like, God damn it. I, I, yeah, I know that people say, like, you know, you can't expect that from the young man. But to see somebody write that next to a player that we just drafted second overall is crazy because we haven't had that in how long? Hey, man. Uh, hey, man. 80s. <laughs> we watched him and like, we saw him last year. We basically been seeing Chase Young for two years. 
right? Because Nick Bosa didn't play two years ago. I've been taking a shit on my last squad year. Two years even the, the only game I would be, I was like, <laughs> mm, I don't know. The Michigan game, he wasn't like this standout dominant player. Wasn't but standout, had, but like, Michigan three had a triple people team, double dribble all game long. Nah, cornerstone player for your defense, man. Just you combine the fact that we're gonna have an actual defensive coordinator plus Chase Young. That is the key. The defense is mm-hmm. going to take a jump. That's another thing that's one been one of the major acquisitions in the offseason. Not just Rivera. Mm-hmm. Jack Del Rio is a pure defensive coordinator. He is gonna get these boys lined yeah. up to make plays. Like, this is not no Minusky shit. This ain't no drop into my DNs to cover the flat. Like, it's put put the <laughs> Let's get some pressure on these quarterbacks. It's going to be a completely different ball game than what we've been seeing these last couple of years. I know everybody listening has probably heard this, and I'll just repeat it for what it's worth. Jack Del Rio had Julius Peppers as a rookie, and he also had Vaughn Miller. If, if mm-hmm. that's his history of pupils that were drafted high, that were under his tutelage, yeah, like I could I live with that. I could definitely live with that. You, you don't think that Jack Del Rio didn't think about this moment when he took the job? You're going to have the best defensive end maybe drafted in five years. Like it's going to be already signed, sealed, and delivered. It's just a matter of do you want this job or not. Chase is going to open up this defense. Yep. I, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. So many right. ways. I got to give it to y'all on the Gibson one because I kind of slept on that. I thought we, I thought he would have been available like fourth, fifth round. Y'all y'all called that one. Like nah. I didn't see that coming, but hey, I'm all for it. I mean, I didn't think we would take him in the second round. I thought he, I thought he would be – I honestly thought he might be a day three – like maybe back into round three, like late Friday sort of joint. But honestly, I, I'm, I have no problem with it. I know he's a good player. I know that Playmaker. Um, Ron Rivera and Scott Turner have experience with players like Antonio Gibson and how to use them. So I have no beef with them taking a 6-6. Six six. He's going to see his touches. He'll see his carries. And I, I had no doubt that the st- uh, coaching staff knows how to use him. So no problem with that. Dude, there's going to be a formation with Gibson, Sims, McLaurin could potentially be Geis or whoever McKissick. Like it's so many ways that you can use these players in different positions. Like you want your, you want your offense to be able to go anywhere, whether it's screen game or whatever. Like you want to be versatile. Right. Honestly, I love the draft. What do you want? A four, three, nine, the combine. I was like, yo, this guy's going third, fourth. He is actually one of those guys who I'm pretty sure if there was a full draft process, might have even ended up higher than third. Right? Absolutely. To be that big, you're running a 439 yeah. and you're a playmaker? Yeah. Right. I was thinking about a comp for him. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about a comp for him for a couple of days now, and I, I really can't think of one because I, I think just saying he's Alvin Kamara kind of. Nah. Cause, yeah, because they're not the same. He's just like a physically player. bigger. I, I compare right. him more. Yeah, I compare him more to Harvick. Yeah, but but he has a Debo yeah. body. His body's uh, more like Debo. Yeah. Thank you. You know who he has a similar build to? Anquan Bolden. Yeah. Uh, not saying he's he, he's not. He, I'm not saying he's the same type of receiver as Anquan, but I'm talking about like body build, like to be that sick two thirty. Like There's a player that I have in mind that I really come to. It's a player that I liked a few years ago. I think he's a way better version of like a Jalen Samuels. Do you remember how NC State, the Steelers I'm taking mm-hmm. and making him a running back? Uh, but mm-hmm. coming out of college, he was a hybrid tight end H-back sort of player that was really good out of the backfield catching passes. I think Gibson could be a better version of See, that. I think the issue we, for Gibson is that I think people look at his body type and they sort of typecast them. 
right? Because he has this thick body, but he really wasn't a running back last year. That's why I compare him to Harvin. Because Harvard and Florida was sort of used the same way. A lot of like their running plays were these like um zone these these like zone read hand like strict handoffs. It wasn't like a Absolutely. Like, like off tackle straight up running plays. You know what I'm saying, Paul? Like he, yeah. yeah. No halfback. He wasn't guy, really no running. Like, he was guy, getting like, it was more like right. it was more of the way her yeah. Harvin was used where you come in motion, you line up in the backfield. There's a read option play. You're handed the ball. It's like these quick zone stuff. If I were to think about how he's going to look in like formation next year, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as a single back from time to time. Most of the time, I would like to see him either like on a jet sweep or a jet motion, creating a matchup somehow, like motioning him in and out of the backfield. On the field, a lot like Corey said with AP or Geis or Love or whoever's going to fill with, even with McKissick, put two receiving backs mm-hmm. out there and create some yep. mismatches where you're getting Antonio Gibson one-on-one with somebody that can't keep up with him. Like, I'm all about that. I'm thinking about that formation that Turner's going to have when it's going to be third down and he's going to have McKissick and Gibson in the backfield, Sims in the slot. Like, so speed all over the field, man. Wide receiver screen. I screen, would like, rather endless used as a receiver more than running back. Because my only concern with these type of players is that the coaches become a little too, little too obsessed with doing too much with them. If you know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like every yeah. time you're on the field, you're basically you're, you're basically in involved in like ten separate packages in which you're gonna go in motion. Yeah. You might be a a decoy. You know what I'm saying. Where mm-hmm. to me. Gibson is probably better used the way Debo Samuel was used. Right. Right. By Shanahan, where like you are a receiver, but we gonna make sure we get you a handoff every now and then. Debo's a right. killer on that jet sweep or that half that or when he's in motion right. on that option pitch. Like it Debo's We're gonna make sure we get right. touches. But for the most part, you're gonna mm-hmm. line the receiver. Like Gibson can li- Gibson on a screen, things like that. Like that's how oh my I got Gibson. I was thinking about his comp, and I went back and watched uh, Debo's highlights from the Super Bowl. You remember how good a game he had? Three reverses, slants, like a dig. Absolutely. He may not be like a down-the-field sort of receiver, but once you get him in space and let him run away from somebody, like he's going to do damage, and that's mm-hmm. the way I would expect to see him. City Charles. I think that's one of the better value picks of the entire weekend for us. We got a top maybe 40 player, one of the better O-tackles in this draft at the top of – Day three, uh, you know, I thought that when they traded Trent, which is around like 12.05 on Saturday, we're definitely going to take Charles here, aren't we? They're not going to mess around and not get this kid when he's right there in their sights. And I, like I said, one of the best values of the entire uh, weekend for the Redskins. He's going to be – I think he's going to be – I know it's a lot, we got a long way to go, but I truly think he's going to end up being a starting left tackle on the team. I'm not trying to put the pressure on him, tell him he's got to become Trent Williams or something overnight, but he did it at LSU, protected Burroughs. He's a 6'4", 320. Apparently, over this last year, the dude from um from the end of the season to the combine, like he gained like twenty some pounds. Yeah, because he was super slim. I was reading, like, yeah, yeah, like the kid. He's got talent. I mean, he was just doing some stupid ass shit, smoking a pack. <laughs> but the kid has talent, man. And to be able to do that in the SEC, like, and another thing that's a big dude, positive, he's only twenty start years old, man. On the O line as a freshman in the SEC, is got to be a dog. Common to start. For a team like LSU that was running like a 1950s offense three years ago, 
which means you up here, run, you up here, run blocking at eighteen, belly left, guys, eighteen sweep, four net, nineteen belly. So, nah, Charles, Charles got the talent. I feel like he's more of a guard because, like, the knock on him is short arms, right? Isn't that the whole thing? That seems like more of a guard to me. That's, what but that's fine. Mention, yeah. That's fine. My fourth round, I think he's going to end up being a starter. I don't know what le- – not necessarily this yep. season, but I think that's the good thing about the O-line that we drafted. Neither of them is expected to start. That's very rare. Come in and compete. very rare, man. Come compete. I think mm-hmm. that Charles will start sooner than later. Just having him – in the building, I feel way better about the O tackles. Like, don't you? Like, don't you? Just like, yes, you think that Lucas can be good, but who really knows? Listen, you know, Moses is, hasn't been playing as well as he had in years past. See, and you mm-hmm. think about Jerron Christian might yeah they make the team honestly. He might He'd be been on Jerron Christian at the point where he can't even contribute. At least with hey, Charles- Paul's been on Jerron <laughs> Christian since we drafted him. Since we drafted that boy. Literally, I mean, y'all seen the tape? We drafted. Y'all seen the tape? Has he shown you anything at this point that makes you think that he can hang can in say, the NFL? All I can say to you is he's barely That's true, too. He is the person right. who needs I'm to be on, on watch is the right tackle. Is the right tackle. No, because, <laughs> because Sadiq Charles, you, it's real shit, if man. you told me he was our starting left tackle week one, I'd be surprised. He could be our starting right tackle mm-hmm. week one. But they're talking about move you use him on the left side. That's what Rivera said. So, well, this, hey, this is speaking of Moses. It's a big year for Moses, man. You on the clock, bro. And this is a new regime. You keep doing them early ass half steps and getting all them false starts and getting a fucking holding penalty every two three drives. He might be out of town. Moses was so bad at the beginning that just him being competent led to us thinking he was good. And he wasn't like right. Stephon Hires. Damn. No, but that's <laughs> but that's but straight I'm saying, up what compared happened. to what we had Moses, before, you know how I'm, but he wasn't on a John Jansen level. Moses but he was, was an bad. improvement from what we had. Then he was okay, and we were like, "Wow, he's good." Yeah. It's like, no, he's just not horrible. The bar was mm-hmm. low. Yeah, that's part of the picture with taking Charles. I, I'm not saying that Lucas and Charles is a great tackle combination in 2021. But it could be a decent one when it gives Haskins enough time to make passes. Like it's something that Haskins didn't really have this year. Like you have options at that position now and competent options. You're not forced to put players on the field who are older or below average. Exactly. You have actual exactly. real hope at that. He has some youth right now. Okay, so let's go to Gandy Golden. Uh, first things first. This man has a mechanical pen- uh, pencil collection. I fucks with that. Like, I really fuck with that. Like, you got the dude on uh, Sports Center at 10 a.m. doing the Rubik's Cube. Like, this dude really might be like the most interesting man that's ever lived. He has a skill set that is really intriguing. Like, six four, a crazy catch radius. We'll get everything in the middle of the field. I, I don't know how he's gonna look as a route runner at this point. I still think he's pretty raw. Um, but you know, he has like the whole like height, weight, speed thing that. Robert Davis had, and I really just look at their games, and I was like, this guy is raw, but he just looks like he belongs in the NFL way more than somebody like Robert Davis did. Um, I can see it happening. I can see it. Hey, a lot of the NFL analysts on TV said, especially um, Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, Lewis Riddick, they was like, this receiver class wasn't so deep, nothing against Gandy Golden, but he could have been like a second-round pick. Like, the kid has no talent. And that big big body on the outside, he's not a burner, but 
you don't necessarily need to burn him with that size when you're outside of the X position. Like, especially in the red zone, he's going to be a jump ball killer or something that we haven't had in God knows how long. Like, obviously, he's raw. He's coming from he's coming from small school in Liberty. But, hey, man, that, he was one of my guys that I was hoping we would look at. And I think I, – I really think sky's the limit with this guy. It was funny because he was quoted as saying, like, in his last year at Liberty, like, his new receiver coach introduced him to, like, the jugs mm-hmm. machine. Like, damn, like, you were doing jugs machines all year, but <laughs> I was getting to the league now, you know – He's gonna have access to that type of shit. Like he's still he's a role you know kid. He used to have drops questions. Right. I think he had like eighteen drops mm-hmm. too. Then he got the judge machine. He didn't drop anything last year. When you're down in Richmond between practices, you know you need to be on that side field with the receiver coach. Cliff, you compared him to yeah, Sutton side, or um <coughs> excuse me, Galladay. Yeah, ah, Galladay, yes, that's right. the one. So not a burner by any means, but let's just keep it a buck. Haskins one of the things he struggled with this year is accuracy a little bit, but having that six four receiver on the perimeter who could go anywhere underneath and mm-hmm. he's going to snatch anything that's within his vicinity. And, you know, you need guys like that in the red zone. You need guys like that on third down because they keep drives alive. And even though he's gone, we now we'll be able to run Gruden's favorite route, fade in, fade in the red zone. Uh, let's not get carried away here. Anyway, <laughs> this mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Didn't know much about him. Know that he was at the Senior Bowl and he impressed some people. Um, played everywhere in the interior, like I mentioned earlier. The impression I get, just a real steady Eddie. Like, not really a guy that's going to blow anybody off the ball. If anything, he's going to dance with you. He keeps the quarterback clean and he does his job in the run game, but he's not going to be a flashy type of guy. I don't really think that he has really a low floor or a high ceiling, but he's a guy that can come in and play for you and not fuck up whatever the O-line is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we'll see what happens. I think that him and Pierce Baker could probably compete next year if they choose not to re-sign Roulier. Uh You know, like a, a good guy to have in the pipeline. No problems. Keith Ishmael is one of my sleepers, man, because I've been watching some film on him. That dude, he's real athletic. Plays center, plays yeah, right guard, feet. left guard. You could, you, could, you could move him around, man. And he came out as a junior, so clearly he's, he still has some growing to do. So, I mean, I like the pick. Listen. O-line depth, man. We generally, when we have been drafting, it's usually been us drafting offensive linemen with the expectation that they need to play immediately. Right? I don't know much about this guy. Looks like, I guess he looks okay. But the fact that we don't have to play you next year. Like, same thing with Wes Martin. The fact that we didn't have to, we didn't have to play you, right? You're competing for jobs, and the best guy's gonna win. Got to build the depth in the trenches, man. Uh, Kaliki Hudson. Uh, am I pronouncing that right, Corey? I know you're a Michigan dude, so Kaliki. Is it, that it? Yep, that's him, Kaliki right. Hudson. Um, hybrid linebacker safety. I know he played some cornerback too. Looks to be real explosive, real athletic. Probably most likely, more than likely, going to be a special teams guy. Uh, at least start out. Like, what's his his sort of role in a Jack Del Rio defense? Is he a nickel corner? Is he going to play deep half safety? Is he going to be like a rover safety? Uh, I'm real curious about him. I mean, based on what I've seen, he just can do kind of a little bit of everything. Master of none. I can promise you from day one. Opening day of training camp, there he he will instantly impact special teams. Had five block punts at Michigan. Damn, like he, he's the, yes, he he impacts special teams. Um, he's not the best in, in open space. I will be honest. He he replaced Peppers in that Viper role, but 
if you put him in the box, he, he blitz the quarterback, made plays when the quarterback, made plays in the backfield. Um, you don't really want him to cover anybody downfield, but he has some potential. I mean, he's kind of built like T.J. Ward was when, from Denver back in the day with Von mm-hmm. Miller and them. Obviously, y'all guys remember T.J. Ward. <laughs> he, um, he's got some talent, man. He's not, like I say, he's not the most athletic as far as in open space, but he's going to make some impact on this team. He's going to be a day one starter. Yeah, special, that's special team. teams. Special teams signing, 100%. Looks like the kind of guy <clears throat> who's going to be on your special teams smacking folks, right? He, he like will lay. He, he like, he yep. Those are the kind of football players that I like. Look like somebody who likes hitting people, man. Mm-hmm. Um, not a special teams mm-hmm. guy. And if it ends up being that he contributes on the field on on defense, then cool. <clears throat> but but sometimes yeah. people talk no, about special absolutely. teams like that shit don't matter. And they're like, you're just a special teams guy. It's like, right? oh, do you know how many seasons we had the worst special teams in the league? I was gonna say. Our fan base can't say much because yeah. we have been at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to special teams. We've improved, but we had our years where we were absolutely shitty. Like you said, Cliff, I don't think he'll play much on defense, but I think was one game versus Purdue, either last year or year before, he had like eight and a half tackles for loss or eight tackles for loss. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, in a game? That's that's a crazy like kind of just fact about him, that he can just do that on one given Saturday afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I saw one of his highlights that he blocked the punt versus who knows, but – yeah, you need guys like that. The guys 45 through 53 on your roster bring a lot of value. I know that they don't really play much on sub packages even, but special teams, it's important to have guys like that out there just run down Phil Smack and Foth. Cameron Curl, uh, safety, he came out early from Arkansas. Uh, a guy, another guy um, that has versatility, plays some cornerback, played a lot of safety the past couple of years. Uh, another guy that I think maybe possibly the uh, no pre draft process kind of. Uh, hurt him a little bit, but a guy that has crazy long arms who can go up and get the ball. He has a ton of pass breakups. I, I saw a highlight where he had a uh, a strip and like long return versus somebody just being active on defense, getting his hands on the ball. Uh, another guy that probably will help you on teams. Yeah, man, just like uh, Khalid. Hey, versatile. He played like you said. He played corner and safety in college. I mean, he's another one that I think he's going to instantly come back. Or he's instantly going to come in and help out on teams. Like you have a three head hunter with Apke. Cameron Curl and Khalid Hudson leading your special yeah. teams. Like, that's a lot of speed right there, man. Um, a lot of hard hitters right there. So, obviously, special teams is a major key to the team. And like we just discussed, we know we've had shitty special teams in mm-hmm. the past. So, I'm look, looking forward to making an impact on teams. If they, Like Cliff said, if they do something on defense, cool. But late-round pick, that's the 45 right. to 53 part Play of the roster, teams. So. You know, it's possible a man, Trey Apke, might be in the starting line. They might take him off teams. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Trey might not be on teams next year. <clears throat> Now I'm repeating. I'm repeating. Just make sure y'all know. I'm just gonna go ahead and sit here. Nah, listen. Stay in the rosters. So we'll see. We'll see, man. If he starts, then he starts. That means he's better than Sean Davis and Cameron Curls, and that's and that means he's improved. I'm not. I'm not gonna show that you right now. I hear you, Cliff. Hey, every job's open, right? For now, upper grabs, every job except for every, it can yeah. it can only benefit if you're number eight seventeen. Then your job's up for grabs or ninety nine mm-hmm. at this point. Anybody else can get it. Right. All right, James Smith Williams sounds like a EA Sports like making name kind of. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I, I'm just being real. I I really didn't read much about him. I don't know. <laughs> just from a sheer numbers game, I don't see how he'd be anything more than a cam body and a maybe practice squad guy at this point. Hey. I don't know. Now, Paul, I was going to say, um, 
Yeah, he's kind of similar to our draft pick last year, Jordan Burford, who basically went MIA. Potentially could be more depth on the D-line, but with the players that we have on the roster right now, I don't really see a spot for him, but maybe he comes to camp and opens some eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, like you said, uh, just like Jordan Burford last year, like a guy that you just didn't get to see enough of and kind of maybe had a lost season, just it swept away in the mix. But now that at this point, your defensive end situation is going to look a little bit deeper, um, assuming that, Anderson stays at defense bend and doesn't go to Sam Backer or anything like that. Maybe with next year with Kerrigan leaving, you could be able to find a back of the roster mm-hmm. spot for him. But, you know, definitely willing to give him a chance. Uh, I did see that he just absolutely demolished a couple guys. Like his bull rush is good as his speed around the edge. He's a guy that has, I think I read something that he actually played some D tackle or could play some D tackle for the Redskins too. Right. Slide inside to that five technique and actually take on some guards and centers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, let's see what he can do. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get too excited about somebody that I just heard about on Saturday for the first time. So let's, let's just see what he can do. 